welcome to Horned Up with Wiggly yeah. Wade. Sleazy. Hey, it's sleazy. Oh, no. Okay, fresh out the oven, it's Cinema Bums. I'm Wade. And I'm Sleazy. Cinema Bums is a podcast where we watch through every single movie in a popular film franchise one film each week to try and track how the storytelling changes over time. Today we are continuing our mini-series Unforgettable, covering all the films written by Greta Gerwig. We will fully spoil today's films, but we will not spoil any future entries in the series. Sleazy E, how are you feeling tonight? I'm feeling great, feeling groovy, happy to be here, happy to be watching movies that are this short. Yes, me too, me too. I'm I'm also feeling groovy because today we are honored to have a special guest. She is a musician, a director, and an artist, mm-hmm. perhaps best known to our audience for her upcoming live-action R-rated Peppa Pig reboot, Red Swine by Night. Oh, we're dropping that now? <laughs> Please. Is it okay for me to talk <laughs> no, about that totally on the fine. air? No, it's totally fine. I can edit this part out. If- no. go. Out. You know what? Screw it. Yes. Okay. Well, excited to be making that <laughs> announcement. Please welcome Ashlyn. <laughs> Hello. Ooh, thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for spending your nights and weekends with us. Oh my gosh, wouldn't have it any other way. How, how are you feeling? How are you feeling tonight? Good. Feeling great. Feeling crispy. Mm. <laughs> had you uh, seen the the movie we're talking about, Nights and Weekends? Before? I had not. No. Have you seen any of Greta Gerwig's other films? Yeah, I saw Lady Bird when it came out. Um, and I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm missing another... Um... Did you see Little Women? Oh, I didn't. Hmm. Did, Did you, you see Francis Ha? No, but I really... Those are two that I specifically have been wanting to see. Okay. You can um, come over when we watch them. Yes, I would love to watch uh, those Oh, we haven't guys. seen Francis Ha either. We'll break your heart into a million pieces no spoilers here but oh my god no i know i know i'm ready i'm ready well today we we're talking about nights and weekends Mm -hmm. this film is about it's about a young couple where the the man is living in chicago and the woman is living in new york city the first half of the film is them as a long distance couple sort of navigating the struggles of that seems like pretty early on in their relationship it's also not clear it's split up into basically like three episodes um is how it works there's one episode in chicago one episode mm-hmm. in new york and then a third episode a year later that's yeah. like the whole second half of the movie that also takes place in new york but the two chunks in the first half might be separated by some unspecified amount of time the so the interesting thing about this the second trip is that they're having a pregnancy scare mm-hmm. so it, they have been together recently enough for that to get started because mm-hmm. that didn't happen on this trip so presumably it's been like right. within i don't know a month or two that they've seen each other mm-hmm. and he is coming to visit her for the first time she has only ever been to chicago right and then the second half of the film takes place a year later after they've broken up where he has another girlfriend's who we don't see, but he's talking to on the phone, where they sort of meet up while he's in New York City for a work event and reconnect in just sort of like a a ships in the night sort of way. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, baby. Ships Um, in the night. Okay, this film was directed by Joe Swanberg and Greta Gerwig. 
And it was also written by both of them. They also play the two lead actors. What? That's what? Joe Swanberg? I yeah, he's the, the male lead in this. <laughs> oh, okay. Who also directed uh, last week's movie, Hannah Takes the Stairs. Oh, interesting. Interesting. That gives me that a lot of thoughts more about him as a person and character than mm. I had before. Mm. It's Swanberg's, the, the fourth film that Swanberg has directed, the first film Greta Gerwig directs. No score on this one. Running an hour and 20 minutes. Nice and crisp. We mm-hmm. love to see it. We mm-hmm. love to see it here. Mm-hmm. Released October 10th, 2008 by IFC Films. This one had a budget of $15,000. <laughs> a quarter of the last, right? Sheesh. Yes. Hannah Takes the Stairs was 60000 and this Crazy. is $15,000. A number so small that I can almost imagine having it. Yeah, I can almost I know, I imagine like, raising fifteen thousand dollars for a project. <laughs> like it's it's that. like far, but yeah, not that far right. away. Yeah, feasibly, like within reach. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had like more than two thousand dollars at one point, but I can like imagine. Same, same, you could same. imagine having fifteen yeah, grand. Yeah, um, yes. it would feel really nice. Oh my god, I know. Honestly, to me, like anything more than like. Eighteen hundred dollars, like it's all the same past then. Yeah, like at that, yeah, at that point, yeah, yeah, at that point, at that point, I'm like, I can spend money on anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I'm paying rent. I got groceries. I can do whatever I want. Whatever. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I got it. I got it. (laughs) Oh man, made a box office of five thousand dollars, and I did get confirmation on this, so it only played in festivals and then in one theater. Okay, there was one single theater in New York where it ran. Out, starting October 10th, 2008 for some in, indeterminate amount of time where I made $5,000. It has a 59 on Metacritic compared to uh, Hannah Takes the Stairs 63. Wait, so this score is lower than Hannah Takes the Stairs? This did uh, score lower than Hannah Takes the Stairs. The pull quote for this week is from V.A. Macedo in the venerable New York Post. He wrote... <laughs> You you can tell by the quality. You wrote, This movie belongs to its stars, who also wrote and produced it. You can't say their acting is good or bad because they are not really acting. They're just being themselves, pubic hair and all. Oh. Oh, And you're right, you're right. Okay. uh, Ash? Sorry, I just think it's really interesting that the thing that got focused on by the mainstream media at about these movies at the time that we are like kind of unfazed by, I would say, uh-huh. or at least I'm unfazed by, is like the nudity, mm-hmm. which doesn't really seem like. I mean, in this, it's awkward, but it's like not that big a deal, you know? I don't know. Truly, yeah, it really isn't. I feel like they were real trendsetters in that sort of way mm-hmm. because I do feel like it makes sense thinking about like. If the nudity you saw in movies, thinking about 2008, was like Megan Fox and Transformers, mm. or like thinking about those like early 2000s, like you know, like all the butt shots in the X Men movies, <laughs> right, right, or like those Charlie's Angels movies, mm-hmm. like if the kind of nudity you're seeing is those things, and then this, sure, like it makes sense that that would be shocking or whatever, like noticeable. Yeah, that's very different. But I do feel like now, like, especially because of Netflix, like, we just see naked people and everything all the time in, like, realistic small dramas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The reviews and the synopsis and everything I read about this, this movie talked about the sex. Mm -hmm. I felt like there was way more nudity in Hannah Takes the Stairs. 
I think so. That may not be accurate, but that felt like it to me. Well, this is the only time you noticed something was happening in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so right. boring I feel like I should have watched that now. The hand, hand nah, no, you really need to. No, you didn't need to. I want to. I want to. Okay, well then you I'm should then, then do it. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just telling me. you that if you thirst watch Anna <laughs> takes the stairs, I'm thirst you're watch gonna it. be disappointed. Okay, okay, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, there's not much in there you haven't seen in this. <laughs> okay. Paul's clammy lips. Clammy. That is the word for it. Yeah. Ashlyn. Do you think Nights and Weekends is a flop or a bop? Mm. I wish there was an in-between. <laughs> That's what we say every week. <laughs> we have this We have this nuanced podcast <laughs> that's all about finding the good and the bad movies and right. now analyzing yeah. a deeper meaning. Mm-hmm. And Totally. We started off by arbitrarily saying whether a is movie a f- rocks or sucks and there's right. nothing in between. Oh, man. I mean, if I had... If I, the short answer, uh, bop. I'll say it. Okay. I'll say bop. I'll say She'll bop. She'll say it. Okay. Just the I'm short in, answer. I'm in a flop or a bop. Okay. Let me preface. No, screw it. Like, here's the deal. I think this is a bop. And the, I think I only say that because I just watched the other one. Like, because I just watched Anna <laughs> Takes the Stairs. And this is so much better. Mm-hmm. and produced for a quarter of the price and like doesn't just like isn't just like better written is better produced is like everything just like w- better shot mm-hmm. everything looks better i still wouldn't want to watch it again it's like a bummer but yeah. mm. wait flop or bop this movie really reminded me of the bit in oh hello on broadway where like the first 30 minutes of it take place in front of the curtain and then they open the curtain and there's just like a house set behind it and the audience gasps and they make <laughs> yeah. the joke, uh, has, has a Broadway play ever exceeded your expectations by having a set? <laughs> and that's how I felt about this movie. Yeah. I was like blown away by simple things like a story <laughs> or like an exterior pacing, shot. <laughs> like carefully placed reveals. I feel like gave this movie so much of a pass just because it felt like a movie. Where the other one didn't. Uh, but I do think... I'm also going to say this is a bump. Yes. I agree with you All guys. Right. I feel like this the second half is way better than the first half. Mm, mm-hmm. I, I also feel like I would rewatch this. Probably not right away, yeah. but the, there right was away. a lot I yeah. liked about it. I It wasn't that much of a downer to no, me. It, it's like her acting in it is really good, so, too. Uh, I, he just makes me kind of uncomfortable. Lots but. of in, ins and outs with him. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think his character, I mean, like I said, well, as we were watching it, is like such... I, well, actually, Laura said this. Uh, he's an eighth of a good boyfriend. <laughs> mm. So uh, credit to Laura for that one. Very true. Uh, felt that one. Because... But I mean, it's interesting. Like, it is kind of a back and forth with his character and with the viewer, at least in in my opinion, um, the viewer's opinion of his character and like feelings mm. towards his character mm. because like you think you know how you're gonna feel and I, I I feel that way with a lot of movies you kind of like you're like ah, I get this guy like you get the gist you're like all right and this is how I'm gonna feel for the rest of the movie but you don't I think because mm. I thought I was gonna feel one way about him for the rest of the movie and then I didn't he's a real roll of the dice so mm. that's what I feel about him you didn't least. like him at first and you ended up liking him yes. more well, I wouldn't even say more. I just started to under like he's the character unfolded in ways I didn't like expect it to. Mm-hmm. 
um, like that conversation he was having with her about f- like feeling like their parents and yeah, he like yeah. the, the uh, yeah. I think you might have said or I forget who said they were like this is like the first time I've like kind of enjoyed him so far or like what uh, he has to yeah, say yeah yeah I mean he had a few little surprises but for the most part uh, if I was to flop or bop him I'd probably flop him his character well the movie it feels like the movie or at least Greta's character knows how bad of a boyfriend he is. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's not like he's doing weird things and it's being passed off as normal. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. Like, she is very, mm. like, creeped out and uncomfortable with the creepy and uncomfortable things he does. That's oh, true. yeah. Uh-huh. Very aware. <laughs> See, okay, so when I was watching this, wait, mm-hmm. tell me, and Ashlyn, too, like, I saw in, like, that character all of the worst that I do in relationships. Mm. Hmm. Like all compiled into one person like in the course of one movie <laughs> like like all of the little things that you yeah. do in relationships like all like kind yes. of condensed into one person over yeah it causes over, like, you to like really examine like conversations and hmm. I, I i see that for sure I so get that. part of the reason why he's so like uncomfortable to watch is because there is like a fair amount of like recognition of like yep done that i've like yeah. i've done that like oh damn done that like done that uh-huh. too and like you probably haven't done all of them in his condensed a period of time mm-hmm. to one person <laughs> but you can like recognize yeah, having movie, done yeah. it over yeah over the course of relationships so i think i know wade said that we were going to get intimate now we were talking about films where things actually happen <laughs> they, like <laughs> could happen to you in real life yes that's why i think it's yeah. a bop at, overall because yeah. it could like what you were saying is so true because it's like you're watching these things happen and kind of in regards to what you just said i am like taking my like zooming out and being like wait if someone's ever said what he just said to her, to me, like, how have I respond? Like, yeah. did I respond that way? Or did I, like, did I excuse that? Did I just, like, pass over me? Did I just, like, make excuses for it? Like, I start to really think about my own patterns, mm-hmm. too. Because it's so easy to pass judgment on the characters and, like, w- like, oh, well, I wouldn't do it that way. But then you're like, wait a second. Would yeah, I? or, like, would I would I? never accept that would behavior. That? Girl, break up with him. It's like, wait a second. I've definitely, unfortunately, accepted that behavior before. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. I think that it's interesting. It feels like all of the three segments are kind of about different things. Hmm. Like I was thinking about the title of this movie, Nights and Weekends, because the first section feels very much like it's about long distance relationships. Mm-hmm. There's something very close to my heart. Mm-hmm. But then the other two segments don't. Like the second segment is kind of about sort of like making an effort almost. Like, it's a section sort of about, like, trying in a relationship, Mm, like, mm -hmm. being uncertain of where things are going and just, like, trying to make things nice, Mm -hmm. even if they really aren't. And then the third section is about, like, like about people on different pages. I don't know. Yeah. It really reminded me, especially the third section of the film Anomalisa, which Mm -hmm. was, like, I think Claymation or Stop Motion or some some sort of movie back in 2014. I could be wrong about the date, but... It reminded me of that, which was just like a movie about like a strange chance meeting and connection and an infidelity and like kind of a spiraling out because of that. Mm-hmm. And a really interesting sort of way, which seemed like what that part of the movie was about, like yeah. him being away from his girlfriend. Yeah. And like there's this whole thing of like image wise what they're doing with him. He looks more put together. He looks more like a businessman. It's like mm-hmm. he's making yeah. that money. He's got like a steady job. He's got yeah, like a steady back. girlfriend. Yeah. Like that's the idea. It's not like just 
I feels like when he and Greta were together, they were like, it was fun. It was, you know, yeah, I mean, maybe it we didn't look like fun, but, an experiment us, but almost, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But now he's in like the solid, like steady thing. Mm-hmm. And then he comes to New York and he sees her and, you know, I liked that this movie like slowly answered questions and mm. doled out reveals in very smart ways. Because, like, in Hannah Takes the Stairs, we had all these questions that never got answered. Yeah. Like, we were just always like, what's their job? Like, (laughs) what are they working on? How do they know each other? And in this movie, like, you had those questions. Like, we would, like, laugh at things not making sense. But Mm -hmm. then, like, at important calculated points in the movie, Mm -hmm. they would dole it out, which I thought was really cool. Do you think, given, like, the skill that we know is coming like we know the end goal of this because we've seen little women and uh, ladybird mm-hmm. do you think that that is like the hand of greta gerwig in this film like making things make sense <laughs> and be good <laughs> i mean it's possible she she wrote the last one too you know that's true but that's i true. think this is definitely a more focused movie yeah and i think we're seeing like two collaborators really like trying to work together and get at something that's interesting uh, that that you say that because so they both they wrote it co-direct co-wrote co-directed and co-starred so wait is there any behind the scenes drama on that yeah there actually is i'm actually i'm just going to read Mm -hmm. from this is an interview with greta gerwig and vultures sarah cardis Mm -hmm. from this film's premiere date october 10th 2008 i'm just going to read some selections from this interview give us the juice Sarah asks, what was the inspiration for this movie? Greta said, the original idea was that we were going to make a movie about a happy couple. But then we started shooting it, and it kind of became clear we were making another movie. We shot everything that we wanted to shoot for the original movie we planned, and then we got into a huge fight. We didn't talk to each other for like three months. And then we were going around the country to different film festivals with Hannah Takes the Stairs, and we started talking again. Joe brought the hard drives with all the footage from the first parts of Nights and Weekends, and we opened it up, and when we put together what we thought the movie should be, we realized that we had to shoot more. We shot the second half of the movie a year after the first half. So it was a year later in our lives, and a year later in the characters' lives. It was a very weird birthing process for a movie. They ask, what's your dynamic with Joe normally like when you're not estranged? She says, there isn't a normal dynamic between us. Our entire relationship is based on work. And because of that, it's sort of like we don't know how to be any other way than completely intense and absorbed with one another. It's never really been like, oh, yeah, let's just go grab coffee for an afternoon. It always ends up like screaming accusations. I remember we were at the Saratoga Film Festival and everybody texted each other at the same time saying, oh my God, Joe and Greta are fighting again. We have this tendency to go into our own world and I think it's really obnoxious to be around. And I want to interject here with a few nuggets from the producer's commentary that is on this film that I found. There is no director's commentary with Joe and Greta, but there's a uh, commentary with these two producers where they reveal that the film was originally about a pregnant stripper. (laughs) Unbelievable. Yes, okay. And there was a quote that says, there was a hard time drawing the line between what was real in the world of the film and what was real in the manifestation of the relationship of their characters. It was creepy, but it rang true, especially with what was happening off set. Mm. Um, And then I've also got, just just to wrap this up, they ask her about, the nudity in these two films. Mm -hmm. And Greta says, 
I don't mind being nude on screen or anywhere, really. But having someone touch you on camera is really, it's really kind of an awful experience because half of your brain is like, okay, I want to make this look real because I want it to feel real for the audience. But then you're fighting to say, but it's not real. But it actually is real because someone is actually touching you. The kind of work that you have to do to disassociate from your body is kind of traumatic. I don't enjoy that aspect at all. It's gross. But these films are sort of this weird document that I'll have as I get older. I can't even believe now, looking at Hannah, that was my 21-year-old self was okay with that. You know? I'm sort of shocked that I was just like, no, it doesn't have to be flattering. I don't care. I'll just be naked. I think that's sort of beautiful. And then they say, uh, so would you take a role in a sort of big-budget Hollywood movie if it came around? And she says, definitely. Anything that would pay me would be great. There you go. God, we got to love her. Oh, I love her. So how does all that strike the two of you? This sort of process where they filmed the first half as another movie, maybe not another movie, but with different intentions in mind, and then a year later came back to it and wrote the second half. I did not know that until, well, yeah, you mentioned while we were watching it that they shot it, um, but I didn't know like a year, an actual year. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, apart, but I didn't know the reason until just now. And that is, it's heavy. That's heavy. Like it's heavy stuff that she had to stay, had to say about the relationship. Um, I didn't know they were co-writers. Um, that adds a whole layer of like potential, you know, like you, like she said, trauma, like in a lot of situations where there's fights and like you take it on screen, you take it off screen, you know, they're intimate. Um, I was also, I found myself wondering like during the movie, in the sex scenes and like the nude scenes like what Greta as the writer and you know main producer of the film like was feeling at that age and at that time um like during those scenes so it's cool to like have that (laughs) question answered now Mm. she was young like so she was like 24 24 and 25 yeah. when she shot the two halves of the movie. There's 21 in Hannah Takes the Stairs. Uh, yeah, I so thought last night we were talking that. about her being like 24 when she did Hannah Takes the Stairs, but then she oh. just said 21. Dang. That is weird. But the qu- quote also from her said that she was 25 in 2008. Because she had the oh, quote where okay. she said, I was 25 in 2008 and I felt horrible, but it felt yeah. like acting was what was like working mm. for me. So yeah. that's what I was trying to yeah. do. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, that's, whew, Yeah. Heavy. That's how I feel about it. Mm. The heaviness. And that's how I felt during the film in a a lot of moments. Like, just heavy. But that's why I liked it. Because Mm. it was like a genuine heaviness that I felt. Emmett, do you feel like it felt like two movies in terms of, like, do you think that there was a cohesion missing? Or you think they, if you didn't know that, you would have never thought? Um, It makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. that when you say that, it's like, oh, yeah, like, okay, I totally see it. I do think it works as a movie and that like the three parts are equally connected to each other. Mm -hmm. Like I think the first two parts are just as much different things happening as the third part is from the first two parts. You know, I think you just get three episodes, three like fairly unrelated episodes in these people's lives when they were intersecting with each other and they're like painful and very realistic sorts of ways. It's almost more like a, instead of a um, cohesive narrative, it's like three mood pieces, like different moods mm. of a relationship. Mm-hmm. 
like you were saying, like one of them is like the, oh, like this is what long distance is. Oh, this is what making an effort is. And then like then this third one is like whatever the third one is. I think it works that they actually were like it worked even more. You could feel it. Yeah. yeah. Not in like a discombobulated way that was like this feels like two separate movies. Like if like now, especially now knowing that they actually spent a year apart like that from mm-hmm. this film and these characters, like it works for the characters, I think, really well because you it really felt like they seriously, truly like had not seen each other. Like it was so raw. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. They f- they look so different too. Oh, and they yeah. feel different too. Like almost like, especially him even more so than her, but both yeah. of them have like such different energy. I also feel like that thing that she said about like being fine with being nude and like doing that on screen, but then like hating being touched on screen mm-hmm. is like something I definitely picked up on in Hannah Takes the Stairs when there's like, Oh, she hated it when that guy mm-hmm. was like touching her and like licking on her arm in that one yeah. scene where she's not wearing anything. And like that totally tracks. And like the reason why she like looks so uncomfortable in all of this, like when he's like all over, I was like, yeah, okay, like that totally makes sense. If, but on the other hand, I don't know, she's like, proud that she made it too, which is kind of cool. I think it's interesting too, like in a movie like this where the barriers are so pulled back, mm-hmm. like it's. It's I imagine that it would be even harder to talk about how you're uncomfortable with something or maybe that's just why we feel it like because there are so much of the movie is sort of just acting naturally and acting how they are. Yeah. And in this movie, like it's about two characters living in their own world. And by all accounts, it seems like that's what this was. Like, it seems like they both had a very passionate vision of what this movie could be. They wrote it together. They presumably directed each other's scenes. Mm-hmm. They're kind of the only actors in it. Like, yeah. there are other actors in like five minute scenes here and there. Yeah, but nothing. Yeah, they are oh, yeah. totally it. It's not at all like, like structurally very different others, from the previous film. Too. Yeah. yeah. So it feels like very much like a monument of them. Yeah. And I'm sure. Were they romantically involved? That's what I was wondering. I feel like that's the thing that both of those quotes are kind of tiptoeing around right specifically the one from the producers that says like it was creepy it was hard to tell what was going on in the characters and what was going on off camera like there there are no like reports of them that's but i feel like that's what is being tiptoed around that's a hard situation also notable that like they both have like long and illustrious careers that continue to this day and they never work together again Damn. After this movie. Yeah. Oh my. Oof. Damn. But the, like they, they, they don't aren't talk tra- about it. They yeah. Don't, yeah like, they aren't trashing they each can, other yeah. in the press. There's just like Damn, nothing. Like you said ships in the that. night, Wade. Damn. Um. Did you find out while you were looking up the behind the scenes if this was like more improv? Like if it, how much the improv versus the like structured writing of it was? I didn't find much about that. Okay. It feels more written, but that right. also could be because they're better at improv right. yeah. than some of the people in the last one. That I definitely felt in the first section that a lot was being improv, mm-hmm. especially yes. because it felt like he was making the character choice to like be non-responsive. Mm-hmm. And then she just like kind of had to keep talking and she mm-hmm. didn't know what she was saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the scene outside of the, by the bean. 
the, the, yeah. and she's uh-huh. like i can't i won't take sarcastic joy from you mm-hmm. she's like i'm only yeah. gonna like l- respond to this if it's genuine and like right now you're pissing me off mm-hmm. loved it yes. that's the moment where i was like oh this might be a good movie yes and like after yes. like for the rest of the movie after that it just like kept getting better mm-hmm. <laughs> there's also that really nice like when they stumbled over their words especially when greta would there's a certain like way that people stumble over their words that mm-hmm. you just can't write it. Like, you know, you can feel that that's like improv. Like I could feel some of those moments where I was like, this is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't like the first section as much, mm. but I think, I don't know. I think it was complicated. I think a lot of that is just not liking his, like being so turned off by his character in the beginning where he's he's like the worst boyfriend in the first section. Oh yeah. And he's just and it's hard to imagine like why that girl would be with that guy at all who just seems to be making like mistake after mistake and like and he's also like very creepy. He's doing like the Anakin episode 2 stare at her <laughs> a lot. Very controlling. Yeah. I was interested in the themes of that a lot. I mean I have been in several long-distance relationships, and I lived in Chicago being in a long-distance relationship with someone. So I know, like, very intimately what it's like, like, when you only see the person, you know, like, once every few months. I liked that they talked about sort of, like, the event. Like, she talks about, like, how I plan everything out, and, like, the time we spend together, everything has to be perfect. And then, like, when it's not perfect, we just break down. I thought that was very accurate and when she's like this isn't sustainable anymore i thought it was very accurate yeah but then but then after that it feels like the movie becomes about something else which is fine yeah i kind of like that i don't not necessarily sure if i would like to watch any of these three movies on their own but when they're all together i think it makes it into something sort of beautiful yeah because they never get like two like each of them is kind of a bummer but they never stay with any of them long enough to make it like a complete downer, you know, and then they mm-hmm. move on to something else and you're like, oh, new information, like new mm-hmm. plot things to like unfold. And like that's an interesting and like yeah. exciting enough that you're not like down about it until the end. It is kind of plot driven. Yeah. Especially in it's the latter the second half. half yeah. It's the situation in the third chunk of the movie they find themselves in is the most contrived thing. Which is that he has ended up in New York City. He's yeah. a um, video game developer who's getting profiled in a magazine in New York. So he's in New York for that. And he calls her and says, like, hey, I'm in New York. If you want to meet up, let's meet up. And then she meets him. And through uh, uh, circumstances, she ends up going to the photo shoot for the magazine where she has dressed exactly like him. Which is just... I don't get I don't get how we <laughs> that, got there. I, I don't get that. It's, I don't get that element. It's weird. That, that. And they just end up there together. And then the photographer is being like, oh, let's bring your so girlfriend divisive. in the picture. So obviously, that was the... <laughs> oh, yes, that, yeah. What if you guys that, kiss? What if that, you... Oh. That <laughs> photographer, she's there. She's got her gum. She's smacking the uh-huh. gum. She's got the nose. She's the, the most ring. like tropey like, part of the movie. She is. For sure. She, oh, my God. Yeah. And she's like definitely trying to like get them to start making out there. Yeah, to the point that you're like, does she know something? Like... <laughs> What is she she doing? She's really the private eye who was hired by his girlfriend (laughs) to follow him in New York. (laughs) 
It's the most contrived thing. So then, so then they're in this situation where they've been like making out in a photo shoot, but they still haven't like done anything in real life. And then they're like, you know, hanging out with each other that night, looking at the photographs of them kissing and being like, "Isn't that so funny?" Wouldn't it be? But maybe unless. Wouldn't it be like crazy if you guys just like stripped? Like, oh my god, never. Mind. But like, it would be crazy. It'd be so okay. Anyways, pose. <laughs> and then, but wait, then it gets better though because she's there afterwards, and they start making out. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Oh, sorry, I gotta go take a call." Uh, she's like, "She, she's like, oh, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, like slip into something more comfortable." And then he's like, when "She comes back. She's like, oh, I gotta go make a call to his girlfriend. He's there for mm-hmm. for like 45 minutes, whatever." Yeah, and there's a long scene of them at dinner. Where he's oh, like yeah. over talking to his girlfriend on the phone and she's just like sitting and and she doesn't know about the girlfriend at any point. But I'm sure she like you she know, knows. is wondering she something knows. about the calls she he's taking. Yeah. yeah. She knows he's like involved in something. In that way, she's listening to Homewrecker by Marina and the Diamonds (laughs) and just living. She's saying, I don't care. (laughs) She hasn't left her house in a year. She's she's only been out with Pete Buttigieg's grandfather the whole time. (laughs) In that way, this is a very 2008 movie because if it was... (laughs) You know, five years later, and he's like a famous enough game developer to be profiled. Uh-huh. He's got a Twitter. He's got Instagram. She looks him up. She sees his new girlfriend. Like right. all of that stuff is taken care of yeah. in an instant. Also, he's she's also has Tinder downloaded, and so when she's done mm-hmm. with it, she's like already got some new way hotter boyfriend by the time he shows about a year later. Right, yeah. Like, you're in New York. (laughs) The most unrealistic part of this movie is that he has a new girlfriend, and she doesn't have, like, some... Right, but we could also conclude that she knew that this was not going to work out, and she knew, like, a responsible ex-partner slash just responsible person, she needed time to heal and be alone. Well, that's true. And he strikes me as someone who just like needs 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 next girlfriend next girlfriend next girlfriend you know because when they're in that like last section together it shows her like being really happy and excited and like nervous the whole time we're together and then it will always cut to her like going off on her own and like crying or screaming like clearly being very like emotionally drained by that yeah reuniting Mm -hmm. yeah which we don't necessarily see him we also never find out like what happened I mean, she didn't know. Yeah. So in the beginning, she doesn't know that she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. She just thinks that she might be. Yeah. In the second chunk. In right? the, yes, in the second chunk. And she thinks it enough that she has talked to her sister and told her that that might be happening. But the so the whole second chunk is sort of about that. But we don't find that out until the very end of it. Mm-hmm. And she says she says something like, maybe if we don't have a baby and we didn't see each other again, like, what would I be to your life? Yeah. Like... yeah, That was one of my favorite parts mm-hmm. because it felt, like, very brave in a way that, like, I was like, like, dang, I don't know if I've been that brave in past relationships to be like, what would I be in your life? If this wasn't, like, just very holding a mirror to, you know, not being selfish, totally being objective and, like, what would I be, like, holding up a mirror to yourself mm-hmm. and the relationship is, like, very brave to me. And I was like, 
wow, she doesn't see herself as like a half. She is a complete whole person. Mm. And she is asking a very honest question, like, what would I be to you? The relationship feels very real. Yeah. Like, I think even when you're sort of like hating what they're going through, you understand like where they're at mm -hmm. always. Yeah. They make that really clear. Mm. Yeah. Except maybe at the beginning, I feel like I just don't know since he has such a transformation. I feel like then looking back, I don't know like why he was such a jerk at the beginning. Uh, yeah. Wh what? Why? See, uh, you can kind of, I don't know this, this is what they were going for. Mm -hmm. You can kind of like, retroactively make it make sense because you're like oh he could kind of like feel the relationship was like falling apart mm. and so like you know how you get worse yeah. as like you feel a relationship crumbling yeah. yeah there's like a possibility that that's what's going on and then when he sees her again he is like way more into her at least emotionally speaking in the in the third hat third chunk than she is you know he's like there like crying about it as he's leaving and like, right Oh, really upset, like and... wanting to cuddle. I mean, she's like going through it, like when she's off on her own. But he is like, uh, yeah. like wants to be emotionally intimate sex. with her. He doesn't he want to have sex. To... He just wants to like be there, talk, make out with her, relax, and talk, like relax. <laughs> it's a, it's very strange. So he's like in it for more than just like the like. Oh, I want to like sleep with somebody else other than like the girlfriend. There's yeah, like, some, like this meant like, something. Yeah, meant like, okay, some, so this some is what this meant to you. Yeah, it gets. Clear. I think like the first time they seem like a couple who's pretty early on. Yeah. And is pretty unsure of their future. Yeah. And is like figuring stuff out. And in the second one, you see that they're like a couple who is really thinking about like, what if we are, like, what if I'm stuck with this person? Mm -hmm. Or like, what if this is a significant relationship? Like, mm -hmm. can I devote myself to this person? Yeah. And then in the third one, they feel like people who like really went through stuff together. Hmm. Like yeah. you can feel that they really know each other in that third section of yeah. where they didn't in the first two, which is presumably from like whatever happens after the second one that we mm -hmm. never hear about. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love that we never hear about it. I love yeah. that they don't yeah, like they don't have I, to talk about it. They, yeah. That's not what yeah. the third act is about. Is yeah. It's about. not them dealing with the fallout of that. Yeah. I love that too. Cause then once it's almost like they knew like in, in the third act, it's like they knew the reason that there was that, like, I mean, for one, there it had been a year, but like the reason there was like that sense of like nervousness and like that candid like playfulness, mm -hmm. even though they knew each other, it was that, that I feel like they knew if they took it just a step further, they knew what would happen. Like it wasn't going to work. They knew yeah. once they crossed that certain line that, that like it was going to fall apart again and they didn't want that to happen. So they were just kind of really leaning into that playful like, would we? No, we can't like, you know once it did happen and they did try to have sex it didn't work because they had like crossed that line and they knew they knew they knew they shouldn't have like at least i think she definitely did mm. how does the second half second chunk end it ends with them having that talk where she reveals that she might be pregnant and she asks him like what would i be in your life and then there's there a scene of him getting on a plane or like going no, to the airport just, or something it, it just, just ends like end. It's almost like they give you the closure of him leaving because it definitely feels like that was the last time they were ever together. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. whatever happened after he left, they were never like in person together again. Hmm. 
a full year later. I don't know. You feel yeah. it feels like you get the like the coda of that moment of like, oh, him yeah. leaving and her and like knowing he's never gonna see her again, which he they're only gonna show you that scene one time. Because he thought it was happening at the end of the second half and it's actually happening yeah. at the end of the third half of like That's like kind of that thing about like, you know, sometimes you're like, Wow, okay, things are cyclical. Like you wind up, you like see the same person at the same time of yes. year, like every mm. year you're yeah. like the same person like creeps back into your life yeah. and you're like, well, what's up with this? Yes. Like, how did this happen? Like, this yeah. is pretty is it crazy. my fault? Do like, I really actually secretly like, do I want this? Am I yeah. making this happen? Like, or is this just like, I mean, can you guys imagine like if your ex called you <laughs> and was like, hey, I'm in town. You want to meet up? That happened to me. <laughs> That's happened. Oh, yeah. You were just saying about how that like just, just happened. Just to happened you, right? to me fairly recently. Yeah. I mean that happens. I feel like that's not the weirdest thing, right? right. That's yeah. a real thing yeah, that yeah. happens. And it doesn't always mean there's like anything going on. Sure. Your ex calls you says they're in town, <laughs> they want to meet up. Then you end up making out at a photo shoot, so you're recorded in like the pages of Newsweek as making out. Then you like <laughs> get drunk, go to the hotel try to have sex and they're like no let's just talk and then they like sob to you at 3 a.m at the airport and then they leave and you never see them again like imagine those two days i imagine the day after <laughs> yeah just the day of you leaving the airport it yeah sucks. yeah yeah it's a bummer like you said Emmett. it's a it's a bummer it is i can i have had mm, <laughs> i'm not gonna get that intimate on this podcast never mind <laughs> But let I, me just say, I can imagine it all too well. <laughs> I haven't had anything like that, but when in long distance relationships, especially thinking about Chicago, which I did in the first section, I have done like the 4 a.m. Oh, L God. red train back from like mm. dropping someone off at the airport being like, I don't know if if you're ever gonna where see- we're at. I don't know when we're going to see each other next. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. As she mm. says in this movie, like when I'll be able to save up enough money to get another plane ticket. Mm hmm. Yeah, so that's not easy. And then putting on like all the weird, ridiculous weight that the end of the movie does. God, when you think about like, <laughs> but when you think about like all of the people that you like may have had relationships with, if you had more money at the time, like if you just had like the money to pay for gas to get to where they were or like pay for the plane mm. ticket. Or like the things that you yeah, could do to like make a relationship, could, the variables, like yeah. the material elements that you can ma- that you need to make a relationship mm-hmm. work, can sometimes like completely screw it over, you know. Yeah. Or there are I used to think about this a lot. I'm not sure how much I do anymore, but I don't know if you guys feel sometimes like there are people who you would be in a relationship with if you just lived in the same place. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like and it's scary. When, even if about. even when it's not like hooking up, just like when you're with each other, you're like we both like each other, we get along. We yeah, just do yeah, this. Yeah. Just yeah. like if we lived here together, it yes. would be yeah. a thing. Even yeah. if your exes, you know, I've been in that place before yeah. where I've been like this would happen, right? Like this would happen again or, you mm-hmm. know, if we were in the same state, city, whatever. Yeah. It's such a like trippy it definitely messes with your head. Like even if you're past like the feelings and you're like over the person, over the situation, mm-hmm. you think about that and you're like, wow, like it's, it can be, it can mess with you for sure. Yeah. I definitely think we like see it messing with Greta's character. Oh yeah. And like such a major. Yeah. Way. Cause yeah. she's so emotionally like aware and smart, but like she is also very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not just like, I feel like a lot of characters are presented as one or the other. They're either like, to especially if they're like women you know they're either too 
emotionally, you know, vulnerable and they're not like presented as like people who are smart and protective of their energy. But she is both vulnerable and very protective of her energy, I think, and like knows what's up, but mm-hmm. is screaming in the bathroom after, you <laughs> right. know, like it's it's a good yeah. balance. It's a very well developed like or like a, I like the layers of her character are really relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You can see how much she's grown up from Hannah Takes the Stairs. Like as a person, like either the character or the, like the per, the, like Greta Gerwig herself, mm-hmm. but like she is just like more whole and like full, like you say, like more like both of those things. And like I feel like in the in Hannah takes the stairs, she is like very smart and very vulnerable, but like too much, and it like is mm. to her her character's detriment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it's like kind of part of what screws her up, and yeah, and makes her also feel like less of a full character too, because real people are that way like real people are like both vulnerable and like badass and Mm -hmm. like all the other stuff exactly yeah there also is that interesting layer that isn't really touched upon a lot that her career is tangled up in it too because it seems like she's some sort of like freelance reviewer because she says like i i don't know in a moment where she like really has to talk herself into saying something Mm. yeah you know similar to what we talked about last week with kate yeah. And these scenes of like building up to like saying whatever uh, a controversial thing may be. She has to like build up to asking him for like the number of the reporter to see if she can get in touch and get some sort of gig. And then he's like, oh, is that what you've been so upset about? Like something as small as that. So then there is that question like was is that what she was upset about? Is the other thing that she was upset about? Like, does he call her and say, I'm in town? Or does he say call her and say like, hey, I'm in town doing an interview for a big magazine, mm, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think he does say he's in town doing something for someone mm-hmm. I think he says the name yeah she is at the interview or yeah that and she is at she's the at the interview right because he probably moment. like they i think they definitely weird. wanted to reconnect and so it mm. was like he knew what was gonna happen but he was like come with me here come with me there you know they should everything together imagine you're like a seventh tier celebrity you made a video game that was cool in 2008 <laughs> yeah. and you're getting a single interview with one picture like somewhere in like popular mechanics mm-hmm. and you're bringing your ex-girlfriend along as your entourage yeah. <laughs> I, can you think of anything more pathetic yeah honestly that's uh and this was definitely like before the era of there being any real games journalism. Just like now, if he was like making like a video game that was popular enough to be written about in a magazine, like uh-huh. people would know who that dude was. There's would be like a whole industry built around sort of like interviewing him and sure, sure. And he would be tweeting five times a day to his <laughs> yeah. fans, you know? Yeah. So like uh there's also the great comedic action bit. Where she is, oh yes, she, she has overwatered um, one plant on one side of the bed, and she's like <laughs> desperately trying to put the water back in. So then she like grabs it and puts it in the uh, another plant on the other side of the bed, which then gets overwatered. <laughs> so she's trying like with both of her hands outstretched to catch the water and quickly put it back, <laughs> uh, which was so funny. And then the phone yeah. rings. Yes. Oh, that stupid ringtone. Insufferable. It's It's right attached to her bed, so it's dripping onto her bed from these plants. That was great. Just like a really clever idea I haven't seen in a a movie before. I have a quote here written down that I thought was particularly wonderful, where she's talking to her boyfriend. I think this is in the first or maybe the second bit when he says, talking about his father, he says, 
I think he's a great man. And she says, that's really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That conversation was very real too. Very funny. Mm -hmm, Like, okay. Yeah. What do you say back? Great. It's great. Amazing. (laughs) Love that for you. I'm glad you have a good relationship with your dad. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I have a quote written down here, which was not, that romantic in the movie but is romantic on the page he says mm-hmm. you can feel weird but you should just sit down here and start eating some pizza with me because i'm hungry. oh yeah <laughs> you love that one yeah also he's drinking orangina in a scene which is like such a 2008 oh thing. in like really? such an aggressive oh, way he's pounding the orangina like it is the newest flavor of mountain dew oh yeah or like a new red bull He's just like, I gotta get this in my body now. Gotta get this taurine. (laughs) (laughs) Slow down. They also feel like so, so much younger in that first section. Like when they're like, are you going to make me some breakfast or should we go and get some breakfast? He's just chomping on a gross banana. Yeah, he eats a gross banana and she's like, well, I'm going to take a shower. Like it is, they are like so much younger than at the end when they're going out to like a fancy restaurant and it's just like. Ordering Domino's, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. It's what adults do. Yeah, what adults <laughs> Just trying on a fancy dress once and then never talking about and it tying again. tying a rope, a random ass and rope. And looking at somebody's prescription pills. What was the deal? Was that in his hotel? No idea. No, it couldn't Not have been a hotel. I think it's her place. Very I still really clue, do think it's dude. like part of her place. Or Maybe her, it was her, her roommate. Clo- Whoa. Because there is this other weird subplot. She has a roommate. Uh-huh. They talk about her both times, but we never see her. Okay. So, like, there's something going on there, too. They didn't have the budget for that many people, dude. <laughs> the- That's why you never saw the sister's full face. <laughs> the face that that lady made. And by that lady, I mean Greta Gerwig. When the dude <laughs> ate the rotten banana... <laughs> And yeah. she like made this face like with stick her tongue out and like chomped and like right. made this whole face. I was like, yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> she expressed exactly what all of us were feeling Thank at you. home. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. I feel like throughout the whole movie, she expresses what all of us <laughs> yeah. are feeling at home. Yeah. Which is why very POV. Like- you think there could maybe be a little more opportunity if he like airs any frustrations that seemed valid in any way whatsoever sure. instead of just being like a weird closed off yeah. <laughs> strange man staring yeah. at you you know that's something that I feel like a marriage story tries to thread the needle of in like mm. a much more successful way I've got a few sort of where are they nows since oh, this okay. is our last mumblecore film and then we'll be moving on to a very different stage of uh, Greta's career next week Really? With Francis Ha. Yeah, so I wanted to note here, too, that um, Greta's sister in this movie is played by Lynn Shelton, who's a very accomplished director in her own right, uh, and passed away last year no. of undiagnosed leukemia. Oh. She was also uh, Mark Marin's partner. What? He's a, a comedian and a podcaster. Oh. He's WTF with Mark Marin. And TV shows. That's really sad. Yeah, for sure. So rest in peace. And I want to say people should check out Mark Maron's episode about her work, which is really good. Mm. Should check out the film she's directed and um, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society for more information on all of that. Mm. So the genre mumblecore is sort of like has far reaching 
influences, but it remains pretty much tied to this original collective of people that were making it. Like it is sort of refers not to its far reaching influences and very much to like just the work of like the 10 people who are doing it. Mm -hmm. It goes on to directly inspire the TV show Girls. Oh, wow. Which makes a lot of sense, I think, when you think about it. The Magic Mike series. No way. By Steven Soderbergh. (laughs) The TV show Togetherness. The actual genre is considered to like peak around 2010. And after that, they're all getting more budgets and resources. Mm -hmm. So it feels like they've kind of graduated on past the hallmarks of this genre, which are like shooting on very poor equipment for no (laughs) money at all. The most popular movie out of the whole movement in terms of just the one that the most people have seen Mm -hmm. remains Jeff Who Lives at Home, okay, which was released in 2012. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is like a movie that people have seen. (laughs) There is like right now in film still like sort of a burgeoning experimental scene, which is really influenced by this, particularly in the works of uh, Amy Simetz, who directed She Dies Tomorrow last year, a very weird movie that some people really liked. Mm. And um, Alex Ross Perry, who directed Her Smell in 2019, which was also very weird and and talked about. So Joe Swanberg keeps directing movies. He directs seven movies in the year 2011. Seven full-length films <laughs> that all get released. I'll remind you, is the best year for film ever. <laughs> that must be 2011? why. 2011? Yeah. Then in sort of like the... The mid-tens, he does Drinking Buddies, Happy Christmas, and Digging for Fire, all of which oh, get wow. wide releases. Oh. So those are like big steps he up for him. He directed all those? Yeah, he directed oh. those, and those have Anna Kendrick, yeah. Lena Dunham, <laughs> Olivia Wilde. performance every Anna Kendrick, single dude. time. Jake mm. Johnson, who is a frequent <laughs> collaborator of him. And then in 2016, he created, wrote, and directed the show Easy for Netflix. Oh, wow. Which listeners of our show have probably seen. I think it was fairly popular. Still going on today. Um, so that was his thing and has a lot of the influences. Greta Gerwig, through her work specifically directing this movie, uh-huh. got noticed by Noah Baumbach, uh-huh. the director. And after this movie, he produced Joe Swanberg's next movie, which is Alexander the Great. And he cast Greta Gerwig in his next film next film which was called greenberg came out in 2010 and it had ben stiller as the lead oh Oh, yeah so that's sort of like her acting breakthrough um we should mention that she also improved and wrote another two-hander movie after this called northern comfort Hmm. which came out in 2010 it was one that was entirely created and filmed in three days in a cabin with her and a man and it is like nowhere Wow. Like, you can't find it. There are, like, eight people who have seen it. It's probably because world. Brilliant Traces found out about it and was, like, sued for <laughs> sued for plagiarism. <laughs> so that's why we're not, we're not doing Northern Comfort, but we are going to mention this. So after Greenberg, then she gets some supporting roles in, like, actually studio comedies, such as No Strings Attached oh, no and way. Arthur, no uh, as well as the film To Rome With Love, directed by Woody <sighs> Allen whose early films are clearly like an inspiration on this style, uh, for true, sure. True. And all of that takes us up to 2013, which is where Francis Ha will be next week. Cool. Cool. Um, okay, so who do we think is the protagonist of this film and what do they want? This is a juicy question in a two-hander. It's, it's Greta's character. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. It, what's her yeah. name? I mean, yeah. Maddie. Maddie. Maddie, okay. right. But what's we hear his Maddie name? and Mads. James. 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 Yeah, James and We Madison, hear it once. I guess, Maddie. But it's, I remembered it because I was like, oh, that's his right. name. Yeah. <laughs> For the first like, time. Oh, yeah, that's what threw me off with those phone calls when yeah. he was calling his current girlfriend in the third act and then calling her. I had to like, like re center myself. Mm. I was like, okay. But no, I think it's definitely Maddie. Um, and I think that she wants just uh, stability is the first word that comes to mind, but not like relational stability necessarily. She just wants stability for herself. She mm. doesn't want this like, mm. that's why we see her, you know, going through that roller coaster of like emotions and um, outbursts, I think, when he comes back into the picture in the third act, mm-hmm. because she like, like we were talking about before she's very emotionally aware and intelligent and I think also empathetic. And I think that people like that um, crave stability or control, not in a manipulative way, just like control, like autonomy kind of, you know, otherwise I don't think she would have, you know, reacted to him in those moments, like at the, um, at the bean or whatever, uh, when Mm, she was like, don't mm. like, like basically don't patronize me. And I really resonate with that. Like I'll let people know, like when I feel like I'm being uh, misunderstood or patronized or a- any of that, and I feel you know it's possible to be somebody who craves control and stability, but also is very empathetic. And I think she's both of those things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably what she wants. I definitely think Maddie is the protagonist. I agree. Um, yeah, I'm down. I agree with that. I think it's interesting you say like stability and control. I think that that makes sense. It's harder. It's harder for me to like say what exactly she wants. I feel like it's like a little more amorphous. Yeah, that might be like one of the tokens of the genre, kind of going on here. But if you would, if I would say the through line of what she's doing, she's like seeking like a genuine connection with him and like seeing like testing if it's like worth. Like, if there's anything there at all, right? Yeah. Like, there's... Mm-hmm. Especially in that last act, I feel like that's the most clarified it is. Is like, is there anything here? And she decides there's mm-hmm. not in that last scene. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all, like, in right after that scene, all we get is, like, that silent image of them at the airport. And then mm-hmm. it's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're putting it more in, like, as active terms as possible, she's, like, testing him for a genuine connection or for... Yeah. 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 The comment she makes about the way they're living not being sustainable. Mm. Like, I think there's something there, too, about, like, wanting a relationship that is sustainable. Mm-hmm. I think that's something you feel as as much when you're, like, breaking down and overwhelmed as you do when you are, like, really happy. And in, like, good times where you're, like, just having fun with someone else mm. or, like, mm-hmm. just spending money or, like, just eating really well all the time and you're like well this isn't sustainable like this isn't really what life is you know yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. um so i think that she is looking for that sort of like prolonged sustainable relationship i think it affects him very differently than it does her which Mm -hmm. i think is like very often the case in long distance relationships is that just like both people have very different relationships to um agreeing to that sort of relationship you know yeah you know what the what the naked brothers band says oh what? long distance relationships will kill you that's an andrew tillett original i guess it's actually a naked brothers band original mm. but he used to tell me that 
so if we're all in agreement that Maddie is the protagonist, who do we think is the uh, our favorite character who isn't the protagonist, our MVP OTP? If you will. Y'all know it's the baby for me. <laughs> Ashlyn, the baby? <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> you can't say the baby for me. Oh, uh, no. It was a very cute baby, though. Uh, it was the scene. For reference, I'm talking about the scene where um, he, it's in the first act, right? Yeah. They I go think, to visit. They're yeah, in Chicago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They go to visit brother. his brother, his brother's wife or girlfriend and their baby. But no, I think my favorite character that isn't the uh, either of the two leads is probably his brother because it's we gonna be mine this. you took it it's i'm sorry be I, that's okay you're I right i know you like yeah <laughs> he's so you're like, right he's great he's great that's, i, uh, I, I want to see more of him thing he says he's great in he's it. great i want to vibe oh his is good energy from that dude for mm-hmm. sure yeah, Jay Duplass playing the brother. Okay, the the cool. brother of uh, the guy who played the first her boyfriend. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Emmett, MVP, OTP. Well, or uh, anything else we want to say about the brother while we're talking about it. Oh, well, I just feel like his house seems like a cool, safe spot, like a yeah. nice, warm place to be. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I feel good for that baby. I feel, like I feel good, good for that baby. I feel like he's got, like, or she, I think it's a girl. Yeah. I think she's got a good life ahead of her. She's got a good set of folks. So happy about that. Yeah. That being said, I was going to pick him as my MVP. I'm not even really sure who the hell else is in this. You don't uh, even like, see the I, sister's full face, even, I swear. Yeah, you don't see God, the sister's are, I mean, full face. Wrong? You barely see the brother's wife's face. Yeah, mm. like, she said some funny like, stuff, though. There's the brother's wife, there's her sister, there's her sister's boyfriend, played by... Oh, by boyfriend number three. granddad, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, that's right, I forgot about <laughs> There's him. the reporter, there's the photographer. Oh, yeah. oh okay, no, it's the photographer. That the was fo- my second the one! Photographer, yeah. The photographer is, is definitely the MVP, because she uh. is trying to get them to get it on in her photography photos she is trying she is trying to break into the erotic postcard industry and she's gonna have them be her first guests and and she's just like yes i'm gonna do this i'm manifesting it for myself and she's so close to when they start kissing she really is she's getting her way it's like whoa whoa would it be crazy (laughs) there's another two sticks of gum in it for you if you take (laughs) off of shirt uh yeah that's ellen stagg as photographer nice okay um well you guys picked my two that i was going (laughs) to i guess i'm going to go with allison bagnall as the reporter we just see her for a minute but i think she does good in that scene and i also want to say something i liked about this movie is that the world felt so much bigger Mm -hmm. than hannah takes the stairs and i think that is particularly because there is someone who is not their age and not one of their friends cast in it that's true like it just it gives it so much more feeling of a real movie that there is someone who's like 20 years older and clearly just isn't like one of their friends who will be in any movie with Mm. them you know yeah yeah perspective i guess because you're if you're a certain age like they're young i mean were they the same age uh yeah they joe and greta were the same age okay really i don't know why that is because honestly some old people will be in anything look at eugene (laughs) levy oh eugene levy (laughs) papa you can cut that out if you want but uh i just (laughs) want to say for our regular segments everyday chalamet everyday show our beloved timothy not in this movie unfortunately (laughs) uh greta off without you really only one suitor in this movie so not quite appropriate 
So we are going to end with a little quiz. You're just going to skip over the segments like that? You're not going to talk about Timothy's performance as the baby in and this film? <laughs> <laughs> Incredible Timothy work. Timothy as Baby Alice. Oh. The most honest work he's ever done. Oh. <laughs> okay, now it is time for a little segment I like to call It's Getting Greta All the Time. In this quiz, I will read you a quote. And you will have to tell me whether it is from acclaimed film director Greta Gerwig or acclaimed climate change activist Greta Thunberg, perhaps best known to our ignorant American listeners yes. as Greta Thunberg. <laughs> yeah. Let's get it started. We're going to start off with some easy ones. Since our leaders are behaving like children, we will have to take the responsibility they should have taken long ago. Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg. That is correct. Correct Thunberg. on both counts. It sounds so, so extra ignorant to hear the way Americans pronounce her name after hearing the correct pronunciation. Yes, it's uh, Greta Thunberg. <laughs> Thunderbird. Great. Uh. <laughs> the advice I would give to any director is that you should act. Gerwig, baby. I believe that is Greta Gerwig. It's another point. Another point for both. Nice. Of it. We're off to the races. Okay, okay. All right. I don't really like being in the center of attention. I'm not used to that. I'm going to go with Gerwig again. I believe that was uh, young Miss Toonbury. Emmett has it. Yeah. I just did that for uh, <laughs> I did it for shock value. I did it for just, <laughs> just a wild card. I knew. I just. <laughs> yeah, I knew. So confident I'm going to miss three later. You can give up one early on, no problem. Right now, we are the ones who are making a difference. If no one else will take action, then we will. Greta Thunberg. Also, Greta Thunberg. That is correct. Correct on both. It is four to three. Emmett leading. I worry that we've lost capacity, which I think maybe erodes some of our creativity as well. Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig? Why does that sound like ASMR? That's correct. Correct, correct, correct. When haters go after your looks, it means they have nowhere left to go. Okay. <laughs> Remember this at home, kids. When haters go after your looks, it means they have nowhere left to go. Oh, let me just say, both of the Gretas are iconic, and I, and I love them both. Right. <laughs> I want to go with Greta Thunberg. Uh-huh. I also believe that it was Greta Thunberg. That is correct. Correct on both counts. We have four more here. Still anyone's game. It's a sad feeling, but it's a wonderful feeling. It was this flickering light, and then it's gone. Willy Wonka. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Greta Gerwig. I also think Greta Gerwig. That's correct. Yes. Okay. Okay, okay. I don't see myself as the face of a movement. Doom buddy. Greta Gerwig. Ashlyn has hey, it. Hey, oh. hey, hey. Are we tied up? You're tied. You're tied and there are two more to go. And I do have a tiebreaker in the event. Okay. Right. Although badminton all over again. I don't have anything prepared if it doesn't <laughs> okay. actually. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> yeah, I was losing right. It's not even close. You're right. <laughs> It's quite depressing to look over and see someone checking Instagram. It's a real bummer. <laughs> Doom, buddy. Gerwig. 
It's Gerwig. That was my initial. Talking about onset behavior. Oh, it is. Also, yes. Onset. Yes, complete bummer. Do not check your, your digitals while you're on rehearsal or on set. Oh, yeah. Lame. You learned that in middle school. Yeah, come on. <laughs> All right. This is the last one. And Ashlyn, you have a chance here to tie this up, and then we'll go into okay. overtime. Oof. Or Ooh, Emmett, you could take it. Okay. Okay. Everything is built and then destroyed and then just thrown out. Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg. Both wrong. Oh! Greta Gerwig. Oh. Well, you win, though. That means Emmett has it. Congratulations. Yeah, nice. Congratulations okay. to Emmett. Wait, really? That was Greta Gerwig who said that? Yes. Yeah, so that um, was in the context of an interview where Greta Gerwig calls Thunberg, quote, the better Greta. And says that because of uh, watching the better Greta's uh, efforts, mm-hmm. that Gerwig is uh, committed to sustainability in the costumes for all of the films she works on. Whoa. Okay. So, cool. she's, nice... so that quote is talking about the normal process that everything in a film does. Everything yeah. is built and then destroyed and then just thrown out. And she said she is committed to like sustainability in the costumes going forward. She said for little women, all of the costumes were made out of like recycled pieces from the actual 1860s. <gasps> no way. That's, oh, that's and then cool. they were like recycled okay. to be used as other modern clothing when the piece that's was done. So cool. nice. That's so cool. Imagine wearing a piece from little women. No. Oh, <laughs> ouch. Oh, oh that's cool. that coat. Yeah. Damn. Okay. All right, Ashlyn. Any final thoughts on nights and weekends? You know, maybe it maybe it sounds uh, reductive, but uh, relatable, relatable movie yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Overall, very relatable. I f- I feel like lots of relationship dynamics or people who are currently in relationships or have been in relationships can find parts of this movie that probably resonate. Yeah, you know I'm whether sorry. or not it's a long distance relationship. I still think you know the dynamic yeah. that they create has a lot of relatability. Absolutely, Emmett. I think that this Greta Gerwig series, Unforgettable, is going to be like the exact opposite of the X Men series because that was a bunch of bad movies that I'd already seen too many times, and this <laughs> is going to be a bunch of interesting kind of good movies that I never would have seen otherwise mm. up until we get to like the final two mm-hmm. and. I liked it. Yeah, go watch it. It's good. It's good. You'll like it. Yes. It's kind of a bummer. So, you know, make sure you're in the headspace to receive sad information and like reflective stuff yeah. about problems in your own life. But, hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Wait, final thoughts. I liked it too. I didn't think it was that much of a bummer. At, towards the end, I was getting a little nervous because I was like, oh, are they going to end it like without really satisfying mm-hmm. a lot of these loops? Yeah. And they did. But I think that in the specific context they ended it in, what I really liked was that it makes it clear that it's these are just sort of like three moments in these people's lives mm-hmm. in sort of like a beautiful way. Like mm-hmm. these are just like the three times their paths crossed and mm-hmm. we're watching them. Mm-hmm. And they're not like necessarily hugely significant in each other's lives. It's not like a wayward romance told at three different times across time and space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like ending it like that without wrapping everything up, but like very much wrapping up their relationship. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. It 
that's it for that. Yeah, puts it in the right sort of like light. I know this is like an additional little tidbit. Please. I'll keep it quick, but like I think it made me think that a lot of movies, like movies that aren't like indie movies, mm-hmm. <laughs> like big big budget movies, you know, teach us that there has to be this nice little bow, uh, especially if it's a relationship movie, you know, with two characters. And mm-hmm. There's got to be redemption in like a certain way. And we're reminded with movies like this that it's like, no, no. Like how many times in your past relationships has there been this perfect bow of like redemption? Mm. Not that often. Yeah. And like it's kind of a reminder, which can be a little cold Yeah, to see, but like very real. Yeah, for real. Well, thanks. Thanks to both of you so much yeah. for spending Thank your you. nights and weekends. Thanks for mm-hmm. being here, Ashlyn. Thank you so much. Do you have any um, projects to plug anywhere that people can Ooh. find you online? <laughs> find me on Spotify or Apple Music or Tidal under Ashlyn Uribe, U-R-I-B-E. And uh, that's my music. I appreciate that. Thank you for letting me plug. Of course. It's great. It's some of the best music mm-hmm. I hear. Aww. Some catchy pop tunes. It's very poppy. <laughs> You know, you know, you know, you know. Maybe I'll just drop a little. <laughs> maybe I'll just drop a little snippet at the end of this episode, so you guys can hear just a What's little that? clip of oh. the music for our listeners to hear at the end here. So, oh. so stay tuned after the end credits for that. Uh, we'll be back next week talking about Francis Ha. Francis who? <laughs> uh, until then, love you guys. Bye. Stay frosted. Cinema Bums is a production of DKG Podcasts. It is created and produced by Emma Temple and me, Wade Lawrence Holloman. I also edit and mix the podcast. Our theme music is by Zane Holloman, who you can find on Bandcamp, and our show art is by Autumn Beckner. Our social media is managed by Laura Bennett. If you like what you hear, please tell all your friends and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, the two best ways to spread the word about our work. You can also follow us on Instagram at cinemabums or email us at cinemabumspod at gmail.com. Don't flake on us. We'll be back next week. Expensive